Welcome to the Mira Wine Podcast, Vin Compétent, with Josh, Bryce, and Leah. What? The podcast where we drink, talk, and discuss natural wine. And a little bit of pee. And whatever else comes to mind. Hope you're ready for this, because I know we weren't. What's up? What happened? What happened there, DJ? You know, I added in a. <laughs> that wasn't a very smooth transition. Yeah. I added in a little fun. Oh, you're drinking the, drinking yeah. the cider from your take well, you know glass. I, I I know we're doing the the podcast virtually today, and I this is gonna sound really arrogant, but I only have like really expensive wine <laughs> at that's, home. That's what Leah told me. Yeah. Bryce is yeah. like, just open whatever you have at home. And I'm like, every bottle I have at home is like $250. I'm not just going to crack it. I drank it all this weekend. It's fucking COVID. Yeah. I I have like, I either have like really expensive wine, stuff that needs to age, or stuff that I'm like, like if I drink it alone, especially like unless he's not drinking, like mm-hmm. it's a pretty big asshole. Like the last bottle of Vigeno and just drink it in front of you guys. Yeah. That'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty shady of you. Yeah. Hey, check out my new glass I got. It's not a wine glass. I know, but I love it. I'm not drinking wine. That's true. Where'd you get it from? I know it's multinational, but... I, I bought it there. Okay. I love these, like, it kind of looks like a burgundy glass with, like, a little mm. little lip out here. Yeah. It's pretty it's, slick. It's a, that's what's considered the best beer-tasting glass in the world. I would agree. It's called the Teku glass. Mm. I think it's made by, like, an Italian... We should Glass do meth? that one time too. Do a beer taste. Oh look, yeah, it says take you at the bottom. Yeah, we should. We should get <laughs> these glasses and and uh, compare them against the traditional beer glasses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we thank our sponsors, Water Construction? First, let's say welcome to Mirror Wine <clears throat> Presents Fin Compaiton with Josh, Bryce, and Leah. Thank you for joining us again. This time we're doing it virtually. Uh, we're all on Zoom meetings at our home, so. Because it's COVID. And, uh, yeah, let's thank our sponsors, Warner Construction. They didn't give us three bottles of Jameson, so Josh is the only one that has it today. <laughs> I have some tequila. I'm going to give it a try with tequila. Ooh. I don't think I'm going to be good at it, but we'll see how it goes. I think of the tequila. I mean, it's made from agave. It's a plant. I think, really, I just want to do a shot. Just guess leaf day I'm right so now. I'm so grumpy about virtual. <laughs> <laughs> I sit at a computer all day, and here I am again. And you got to do this again, right? Yeah. Right. For the next four hours. <laughs> like leaving your one serving job to go to your other serving job. Yeah. Okay, so let's recap the scores for the Biodynamic Jamison Challenge before we start. Leah's at four for nine. Josh is at twenty-three for thirty-two, and Bryce is at ten for thirteen. I don't know about Bryce's. No, stat, this is right because I would listen to our podcast last week where we were challenging it, and he's he's right this yeah, time. Yeah, Leah's on track now. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I really got to get over this this Michael Jordan hump here. Yeah, it's been I'm several like, weeks. And I'm going to be honest with you, I've been like I've been practicing. So You've been like I've been doing shots. <laughs> Maybe work. that's your problem. And like, no, and, and like and like <laughs> trying to do it, and I've just been wrong. Like I did, I had a shot yesterday, and I was like, "It's a root day," and it was a fruit day. Like wow, it's like the, the opposite. Was it You're a new bottle? You're overthinking it. I know. I gotta relax here. I gotta relax. Yeah. I'm just doing wine today because I don't okay. have any fancy liquors. But cheers. Okay. Cheers. Oh, that's delicious tequila. What are you drinking? What kind of tequila you got there? I don't know. Greg poured it for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to tell. No? Based off of that, it's a fruit tea, but... <laughs> Cause, just because it tastes good? Yeah, it's like really sweet, fruit forward. Mm. That would make you sense. fruit day? Yeah. Agave is a fruit. Coconut tequila? Oh, that's why. Okay. I'm going to say it's either a root or a nothing day. Ooh, I'm going to go leaf day. I'm going to say nothing. I'm going to go. Should I look it up? Okay. Yeah, look it up, Josh. What you got? Uh, when, why? I'm not going to look. I'm just going to. Can you see it? No. Oh. It's a, it says it's no. A nothing, nothing day. day? <laughs> okay, Bryce. 
I'm gonna. I'm what deleting. I'm deleting on? the app from Bryce's phone. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the app on my phone for at least two months now. Oh, so. No way. So there you go. I'm getting. I'm getting good at this. Yeah, it was coconut tequila. There yeah. was no other option. It's crazy. Yeah. Is there a tropical fruit day? Right. Is <laughs> it tropical fruit today? Um, yeah. So what's everybody drinking today? Since we're all at home, we're all drinking different things. Mm-hmm. Josh isn't even drinking wine. I'm drinking a a really cool cider. From the Basque region. How do you? What do you? Um, what's, what's it called? Called it's called Petrategi. Petrategi. <clears throat> this particular one is called the Sagar Sagardoa. Uh, I love the Basque language because it's like it's one of the few languages, and we should probably check this because this might be a Josh fact. <laughs> but it's one of the few languages where they don't know <clears throat> where it came from, right? So the Basque region is essentially northern Spain, southern France. Yeah. But it it doesn't sound Spanish or French at all. It's bad. And they have lineage back, I think like 40 or 50,000 years. Like people can trace their DNA back to ancestors that have lived in that region for that long. That's nuts. Yeah. That's cool. It's um, I was actually yesterday, I was kind of doing some, some, I guess, wishful thinking slash goal setting. And I was like, I don't want to like, I don't want to retire in Regina. Right. Right. Um, and I, I, I'm not really like a Mexico, like, I don't want to go to Mexico for like three months out of the year. Like, I want to go to Europe. So I was looking up how much like an apartment would cost to buy in San Sebastian, which is the greatest place in the world. Well, okay. So I heard... It is, it is not affordable. I heard the other day there are, uh, there's towns in Italy that are selling houses for a dollar. Yes. I read this article as well. <laughs> did, you read, did you read the whole thing or did you just read like... No, nah, I just read the, I was just like a buck. So, so, I mean, that's like to entice you and it is cheap, but it's like in a town where basically the population is dwindling Yeah, and they want people to, to live there. So you have to live there. You can't just buy it. And right? um, you have to live there. And a lot of the houses are, we're talking like, I mean, 10, $20,000 worth of renovation, which you're still getting a house for 20,001 euros. Yeah. Um, but you have to live there. I mean, if you want to retire there. Well, I mean, you have to like buy it and live there now. Oh, because right now. Yeah, but think there. about everything can be done virtually. So if it's nice, why not? Yeah, just move to Italy. Come on, Josh. Mm-hmm. We don't need you. The small town in Italy? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, get, I get so fast. Maybe. But this, yeah, so the Basque, Basque cider is kind of like pretty pretty world famous. And it's got these little instructions in the back. Yeah. And it's got this really cool little pour spout. And you got to pour it like this. If anyone's ever been to the Basque region, you should have like that so what makes you know what that sounds like, sounds like a little bit of pee <laughs> and a little bit of pee <laughs> that's what it sounds like yeah yeah so why is basque cider basque cider then world famous but why uh, i believe it's the the fact that they've been so like this cider house is from 1526 right like like the basque region has an insane history right um and i think they've just been making cider for so long and um, like the, they have like a bunch of apple orchards there, which I'm sure are like a specific to that region. Mm-hmm. And the way that they make cider there is very much like, kind of like in the, the natural wine world where they, they crush apples and then let it ferment. Right. So it's super low alcohol, very, so very is fine that bubbles. Cider very um, descriptive of Basque cider in general or a natural <coughs> Basque cider? Because I've tasted it and it is. <coughs> I hate it. It's yeah. weird. It's like overly acidic, really tart. So is that what you would expect from Bass Cider? Yeah, Bass Cider is pretty acidic, pretty dry, pretty tart in general. From the, yeah. from my experience, like I was only yeah. there for 24 hours, but I did drink probably five or six different ciders. Yeah. Uh, this one is especially out there. Um, yeah. But the, you have to imagine like this, you, this you can buy at the winery for one euro, yeah. right? So like the three euro <laughs> ciders are delicious. Right, uh, a little bit, a little bit sweeter, but still dry. Okay, so that that's not the typical Basque cider, then you would say. Uh, I would say it's in that realm. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they usually have like, like these humongous wooden barrels that they open up and it, it shoots out a spout, and like the guy 
catches it in the glass. Right. Yeah. It's hilarious. Like when you when you when you're in a bar in in, in the Basque region, like they pour half of it on the ground. Right. Right. And they pour it in a pint glass, but they only fill it up to here. And they just like they don't even look, and it like spills everywhere. And they're like, "Here you go," but it but it costs you a dollar a glass. Mm. So you're like, oh, "Okay, right? Who cares, right?" <laughs> it's like literally, I went to a bar and got a cider and a bottle of water, and the bottle of water was a dollar fifty, and the cider was a dollar. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you were at multinational. Did you get any of the mead while you were there? I did. Um, I got. You know what's hilarious? So you posted something on. I know. On the homestead. <laughs> I saw that. I got four or five emails and Leslie got three text messages. People were like, Oh, can you save us some? So I had to go buy a bunch of meat for clients. <laughs> I'm like, we're not even fucking selling it. <laughs> I was just pushing it out there. Yeah, well it worked. I was but I did I bought four cans because I figured you I didn't know if you'd had it. I knew you'd want to try it. So. I bought eight yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Can I maybe buy one or two from you guys? Well I'll just give you one or two. They they are uh <clears throat> over half out or I mean Three quarters out. They pretty much sold yeah. out already. Four uh, I spoke days. to a guy who works there uh, yesterday to see if he could put some aside for me. And he said that they will be sold out by tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's all gone. It's fantastic, though. Mm-hmm. When I, like, when I was there, there was three people in line. And I was there at 10 a.m. buying cider. Yeah. Or buying buying mead, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I bought mine on Saturday. But it was... What the heck was that sound? You know what? It's me spinning my glass on a glass table. Oh, stop that! <laughs> That's the worst sound ever. Sorry. Sorry. Leah, what are you drinking? Um, so when I drink wine at home, it tend to like have a list of five staples. And so Greg went to the liquor store today and I, I said, just pick something out, surprise me. So he came home with a 2015 Bordeaux Blanc, Sauvignon mm. Blanc, Semillon Blanc. Wow. Never had it before. It's organic. It's pretty good. Pretty good. How much was it? 30 bucks. That's not bad at all. No, it's good. It's really fresh. Um, good acidity. It's missing a little bit of fruit for me, but I expect that from a Bordeaux Blanc. So Do you think do you think white Bordeaux um should get more clout than it does? Like do you think it's overshadowed because red Bordeaux is what it is, or do you think it gets as much as it should? I think it gets as much as it should. I agree. There are so many other white wines out there that Mm -hmm. are superior to a Bordeaux Blanc. I think if anything, you could probably charge a bit more for Bordeaux Blanc just because it says the word Bordeaux. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like this should be a $22 bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, for white Bordeaux, I've had some really good white Bordeaux from the Grave region, Um, but they were all like, yeah, like 20, 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, but you got to think they're like, good, but they're nothing special. <clears throat> but you're surrounded by Bordeaux, like red Bordeaux. And then mm-hmm. you're also right next to Sauterne. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, you know, kind of between the two rivers, like just you're just there. Right. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Everyone's yeah. making fun of you. Oh, because you're sure. the only guy growing white grapes. You're like, I don't even know why we keep you on this fucking team. <laughs> right. You don't do anything. It's Josh over there growing white grapes, <laughs> thinking he's going to make a living. How's the semi coming, bro? Yeah. Good? Okay, great. Just going to hang out with this with this Merlot and this Cabernet Sauvignon over here. Right, exactly. Uh, what do you charge for your bottle? My 2026s are sold out already. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Bryce, what do you got? What just happened? Bryce, Bryce got a broken cork. I got a broken I, I cork. Do you have a wine opener? Not in my immediate vicinity. Ooh. So what were you going to be drinking? I was going to be drinking the Klaus Pressinger Saint Laurent Ancestral from 2019. Mm. So we just, with a new wine we just got in. Yep. And I haven't actually tried, We Leah, we we tried the the Blaufrankisch and the Schweigelt. And you, yeah. you, so you haven't had the pet nat either. No, no, we haven't had the pet nat or the or the ancestral. So I started with the pet nat today. It's a hundred percent Pinot Noir, and uh, it's pretty good, I would say. Mm-hmm. Cool. Solid, really good bubbles. Um, it's it's a lot like the mead actually from Multinational. Mm. It's got that same tartness to it. Um, it's super refreshing. Uh, I think I think that it should be more of a um, people should be drinking it more right now because everybody that I let try it on Thursday, they were like, oh, that's more for the summer. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess so, but. Or, or a winter breakfast. Yeah, just drink it. How's that? 
<laughs> you should listen, guys. Wine really isn't pretentious. Yeah, this is more of a summer wine. Or you could shut up. Or you could just shut up and drink it. <laughs> why do Why do we have to be so like time specific on when we drink wine? That's a topic well, I, mean, I want to get into later. But yeah, I, I would say like I've definitely been drinking more reds, like like heavier reds in the yeah. last month for sure. Is that because of winter? Yeah, one hundred percent. I really want to. I really want to try and get this cork out, but. Just shake it up; it might pop out. Oh, well, that might it's actually got, work. It's, it's got some. It's got some. <laughs> I hope this goes poorly. <laughs> Is it coming out? No, I don't think so. It's yeah. like there's like none. Just don't aim it at your face, just yeah. in case. Okay. Oh, do you have um, a, like a knife or something you could saber with? No. Oh, I don't know if that would, I don't think that would work, Leah, because like you've already opened it before, right? Yep. Yeah, it was already open. Okay. So. So for those of you that are not watching. Yes, yeah, sorry about this. <laughs> Thanks, Leah. Bryce got a cork stuck in the wine he was gonna taste, and now it looks like a hook. I found like yeah, like a screw. Screwing into the cork to try and pull it out. It looks like something you'd hang a plant up in your house with. It does, yeah. There hey. you go. Boom. Yeah. Okay, now I'm excited. This one's awesome. <laughs> the Blau Frankish is good, by the way. The Blau Frankish is good. Um, it is very, very trumped by the, the Schweigelt, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think you agree with that, Leah, when we tried them side by side. Yeah, yeah I like the Blau Frankish. It had good acidity, good fruit. Um, it was just really, really approachable. I think the Schweigelt was just a little bit more complex, mm -hmm. um, had a little bit more character to it. So, mm. Both good wines, but the Zweigelt and yeah. the Blau Frankish, same price, so Zweigelt for sure. Yeah, for sure. I really, really I, like these wines. I'm really excited wines. by the, the sparklings, though. The sparkling wines mm. are awesome. Uh, this Ancestral is super complex, uh, lots of bubbles. It almost reminds me of an orange wine. I don't know mm. why. Like, it's, I don't know. It's got those, and like... Did, sorry, did you say that the Pet Nat was the Pinot Noir? Yeah, the, the Pet Nat is the Pinot Noir. Okay. So what are the grapes in the Ancestral? Just Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent? I don't know how to say okay. it. Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. <laughs> Go down to the Saint Laurent. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a super... I, I really like all of these uh, Klaus Pressinger wines that we brought in. Um, I'm really interested in the region of um, mm. Austria. So I'd like to kind of bring a few more wines in from the Eastern Europe going forward i don't know about you josh leah now that we know how to do it we can we can do it a bit more yeah yeah and they seem to be like the it thing right now too right like everybody wants i think it's exciting because it's new and people are looking for something new and different they've been producing wines for you know hundreds of years like mm -hmm. some of the other old world regions they're yeah. just not as readily available like you can go to the liquor store here and you can see spain and italy and france Mm -hmm. There's not a huge section for Austrian wines, right? So. Or anywhere here, yeah. there's yeah. no like. I mean, short of Metro Liquor having right. a couple, there's no Austrian wines. Here. Like, there's not even a section. It's hey, no. do you have any Austrian wines? What? Yeah, we have these two bottles, and they're over here in the corner. Yeah. Do you know this? Or, yeah, exactly. Or there's a bunch of cheap Gruner available mm -hmm. that might not be any good. Leah, do you remember when? Uh, we tried that uh, Ageno that had been open for a whole week. Yeah. This is kind of what that tastes like, just with better acid. Really? Is it kind of like, is it like, like kind of yeasty, kind of, kind of bready? A little bit, like, yeah. Like toasted, got, like toasty? Toasted I got almonds? tea, like Earl Grey tea. Yeah. Like I, it was really oxidized, like. I'm getting a lot more like, like I wit. It almost feels like bubbly iced tea. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But like not sweet tea. No, no, not sweet. See, I feel like when I drink a wine that, that like that, I want it to be like, like, I want it to taste like, like toasted nuts and bread. Like that's what I want it to taste like. Why though? I don't know. It's I just, that's like what it. you want out of your ancestral. I'm my ancestral. That's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> uh, let's. Toasty nuts. I guess I got uh, five quick food topics 
or food facts that you guys probably oh, yeah, didn't know. You want to hear these? Yeah. I thought these were absolutely uh, crazy. Uh, how long do you guys think pineapples take to grow? Question time. Like in what? Hawaii? A pineapple like that you would get at the grocery store. Six months. I'm going to say... Leah's got six months. I think it's going to be significantly less only because I know my brother-in-law grew one in Montreal mm. and the climate... Is always a lot shorter growing season. I'm going to say it takes six weeks. Two to three years to grow the size of pineapples that you can buy at the grocery Two store. Two to three years? <laughs> yeah. Because <clears throat> the pineapple is actually a bunch of flowers that have melded together to form a fruit. How is it That's like cool. only $6? I have no idea. Wow. So have that you seen those videos where the so much more special? You know, have I you know seen the videos right? where the guys like they roll them and then they hit them and then you you just pull the thing out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want to try that. Well, it's because they're all like like every one of those like hexagons or like pieces of a yeah. pineapple used to be a flower. So mm. that's crazy. Uh, so, but I won prices right rules. That's right. right. That's right. Closest without going over. Correct. Okay. Cool. Okay. Next. Uh, next. This one is an alcohol-related food fact. Um, whiskey. What color is it when it's made? Straight whiskey. Uh, see-through. Yeah, like it's water. clear. Clear. Yeah, it's yeah. it's clear, and it only gets its colors from the barrel. And Scotch whiskey can also get colors from coloring, like caramel coloring that they add so to I, it. I, there was a guy once. I I did this. He came in to talk about bourbon, and we, he had basically like, I guess, raw alcohol, like before they age it or anything, and it's called White Dog. White Dog. And it is, so <clears throat> I was at this back in Montreal. We went out for a night, like, I think I slept like three hours, and then yeah. we went to a bourbon tasting at 11 a.m. So like still still pretty much drunk. And the first thing I put to my lips that day was this White Dog, which is like, you know, 50% alcohol. Yep. N- not softened or sweetened at all with anything. And I, I like it was like whoa, like it was it's intense. It hit you hard. It's like rubbing alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I, but that's what it, that's what, and this might be a story, uh, but this is the story he told us because he was from Maker's Mark. Um, that's what in New Orleans. That's what they used to drink. Right. Right. And yeah. then um, <clears throat> these these kind of frugal um, booze booze sellers would take old. Uh, barrels and burn the inside mm-hmm. instead of washing it because it's cheaper put the white dog in there and then they would pull down the river the mississippi right so it took like two three months to get down on this raft right and when it got there it um it had softened up and it was like beautiful color and color this it was sweet and so people would ask for the bourbon white dog because it was it was from the town of bourbon oh so okay bourbon on the barrels and so that's the birth of of bourbon <clears throat> and um, you, so you would pull down the Mississippi, sell all your booze, and then you're not going to pull up the Mississippi, so you'd make enough money and buy a horse. So when you'd go down to New Orleans, you bought a horse, and of course they were trading with Spain, so they had Lippenzeiner stallions, which are like the best <laughs> horse racing stallions. This is that an was. insane story. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, so, so they would be going back, they would take the horse back to New Orleans, and you're drunk and you got a really fast horse and it's, you know, the 1800s. So you're getting drunk and you're betting on who has the fastest horse. And there you go. That's the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Bourbon and the Kentucky Derby all in one story. Yes. There you go. Can we, Josh, fact check that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah we'll... What was the other one we had to check too? Oh, the is Basque. Basque. Language. Oh, the Basque language. The yeah. Basque language. Did Josh just yeah. make it up? Yeah. <laughs> that's the question well, it's, a, it's a language oh is it a language oh it's a language <laughs> yeah but the origin yeah. of it right yeah mm-hmm. josh made it up and then he gifted it to the people of the basque region it's like, that's what it's i meant like, like finnish like no one knows where the finnish language came from yeah because it doesn't sound like like any of the other scandinavian languages okay the third fact let's let's get this one out of the way john adams the second u.s president lived till 90 and drank a Quarter pint of cider every day. The first thing he that was the first thing he drank when he woke up. Like apple cider vinegar or cider? No, like like Basque region cider, essentially. Yeah, 
for sure because he wouldn't. So it's yeah. just a fact. It's, it's not just a, a fact. It's not a question. It's just a fact. Okay. Sorry. If you lived to be ninety back then, that's like living to be three hundred and ninety today. Yeah. Maybe not three hundred and ninety, but people. Yeah. They, it was life expectancy back then. Josh, like forty. Like, like forty. Right. Like if you were forty, you were the old man. Yeah, but why? Why do you think it was forty? Do you think it was because they were drinking well, all no one, the time? No one showered. Oh everyone, yeah. Everyone. A disease. Everyone died of, okay, of it's disease. Right. Brain surgeons using wood tools with no gloves on. Of course, you're gonna die. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Josh facts. That's all this podcast is going to be. Have you ever seen those movies, the World War II, that's just nurses with no gloves on, bandaging dudes up, and then reusing the bandages on another guy? Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Uh, Okay, here's a question for you. What uh, popular alcohol makes people sleepy, according to people? According to people? Yeah, like me and you. and like If you were to ask someone. All of it. There's one in particular. (laughs) Wine? Yeah. I would say wine. Yeah, red wine, they say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they uh, did a survey of 29,000 people, 80% of them said that red, red wine, wine made them the sleepiest of all of them. Pays for that survey. I don't know. The British Medical Journal. <laughs> like, like oh, we got we to gotta, we gotta survey 29,000 people because that because it matters what yeah, people it think. it matters. It matters. About what, like, but, like, <clears throat> that's an opinion-based survey. I mean, why don't you just do a science and be like, well, actually, it's gin. <laughs> How, do you, science. Science? How do you do a science on that, <laughs> you can, Josh? You can do a science. Can that be you a soundbite? That needs to be a do a science. Bite. Do a science. Do a science. I'm <laughs> grabbing that one. Right. <laughs> and a little bit of pee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the final coolest food fact that I found was, do you guys know what Kit Kats are filled with? I just had a Kit Kat last night. So Kit Kat, they're like chocolate, and then they got the like wafer, wafer, and then they got a little bit of more of chocolate or yeah. nougat or something, yeah. and more wafer and then chocolate, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, what's in the middle there is all of the reject Kit Kats crushed up and put back into the Kit Kat. That's brilliant. That. Yep. Brilliant. So brilliant. Now you know. That's basically That's... what sangria is. Yeah, it's just reject wine. Yeah, or like old wine. You're like, let's put a bunch of fruit in here. <laughs> let's make Sugar. it. Let's make it taste better. And Sprite. And Sprite. Charge nine dollars a glass. Do you guys like sangria? Uh, I do. I would say, like, depending on the occasion. Yeah, I was gonna say depending on the occasion. I like a white sangria though. You like it better than a red. Yeah. Is yeah, that a little bit of uh, apricot brandy in it? <laughs> You know what? I worked at this restaurant out in Steveston, Richmond, when we very first moved out to BC. And we used to make sangria there, like pitchers of sangria. And it was some of the best sangria I have ever had or made. And Mm. we didn't stew it. You know how a lot of times, you know, you'll pour wine in, you'll put the fruit in, and you'll let it sit there for a day, two days, three days, whatever. Um, We just made it. Let it it. (laughs) re-ferment. Yeah. (laughs) But we just made it on the spot. And it was so good. I... I think I still use it as like a mental model for when I'm making red sangria. Probably because it's nice and fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Let's get on to our actual wine topic today since we don't have any wine to really talk about. I mean, other than what we're drinking. Um, corks versus screw caps. Do you guys have a preference? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 Fighting words. Those are fighting words. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I don't have a dun, dun sound, but... A preference for yeah. me personally, yeah. Cork, cork all the way. Okay, let's see if we can change your mind today. Boy, no, um, <laughs> no, no, I um, refuse. I, uh, I get the screw cap, and I get its place in the world. Okay, um, but the reality is, for me, if I'm gonna open up like a nice, like a nice bottle of wine, I want to do, I want to do the ritual. I want to. Un, you know, I want to unscrew the cork, uh, especially if you're going to be doing um, like wine that has to age. Mm. Um, who was I talking to about this recently? Probably yourself. I mean, that's what no, you they do were, most they of were the time. Aging, <laughs> yeah, <probably. clears throat> it was a dream. They were aging the same wine in a corkscrew 
um, and or in a, in a cork cap and a screw cap. Yeah. And they let it age for for like five years and drank it, and the cork had matured the wine uh, a little bit. I think I was talking to Leah about this, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I guess, I'm just more of a a, a, a history guy, I guess, or like old fashioned dude. Old fashioned I dude. Think, I think the way that. I look at it. Screw caps from a scientific perspective are better. They there's less risk for um, the wine but, to be. But they're better to keep the wine though. They're right? better to keep the wine, so the wine won't age as quickly. Um, mm. But a lot of producers have started putting screw caps on their higher end wine mm-hmm. to change the perspective because screw caps used to be on the cheap wine. So yep. It's like, oh, if it's, it has a screw cap, it's cheap. Yep, Actually, sure. that's not the case. And I would imagine that screw caps are probably more environmental. If mm-hmm. we think of some of the controversy around, um, you know, cutting down the cork trees and making corks versus synthetic corks, etc. But I agree with Josh part of my love of wine is the romance of opening up a bottle Mm. and you know there's a big difference between when you take a bottle and just like crack it's open versus you go through the ritual of cutting the foil and like all of that there's such a like it's almost like a ballet you know Mm -hmm. wow it's that's so romantic and it, it, it with a cork too, it looks like someone individually put that in, right? Right. Yeah. Like with a screw cap, you, you almost, I almost picture like a Coca-Cola assembly yep. line, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. It's just a bit more So I think that's romantic. the hard part about it is screw caps are probably actually better for the environment, better for the wine. They keep the wine better. Yet there's something about mm-hmm. um, the romance of opening a bottle of wine with a cork in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. I think I would say probably screw screw caps and synthetic corks have probably gotten a lot better recently. Mm-hmm. Um, probably to the point where you could um, you could choose how long it took to age your wine now, mm-hmm. right? With screw caps. What do you mean, like like, like there are there are advancement in screw caps? Yeah, yeah. There's screw caps are out there. There. I mean, I just read it today, but. So I don't, I'm not an expert on the subject by any mean, but, uh, yeah, like the, from, from what I kind of looked into today, the pros of a cork are that they're natural. They're historically preferred as Josh, as you guys were saying, and, uh, long-term aging has been proven. That's the pro. Like the, the, the the screw cap long-term aging cannot have been proven. Not yet. Not yet. Because it don't like. Yeah, they haven't been around long enough. Yeah, but the cons, I think the cons for cork outweigh the cons for um, screw caps, though, right? So with screw caps, they're real expensive. I mean, not screw caps, uh, corks. Corks are really expensive, right? Um, they, you, you can get TCA, cork taint, from corks, right? You can't get that from a screw cap or a synthetic. It's impossible, right? It's a limited resource, um, and it's got variable quality to it. No cork, no two pieces of cork are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also on top of that, you know what I was just thinking. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I feel like screw cap versus cork is like arguing being rational and being emotional. Yeah. Like screw cap yeah. is the rational choice. Yeah. Yeah. For it, like it, it makes sense. Costs less, better for the environment, keeps the wine better. Like there's no argument there, but there's an emotional attachment to cork. Huge emotional attachment. Yeah, exactly. Here's one. Think about how many of these will end up in a landfill, Bryce. That would (laughs) (laughs) the environmental impact. No, I mean you guys have both told me stories of people trying to open screw caps with corkscrews. So (laughs) a girl, I told you the story. The girl, but she got it out. She got exactly. That's insane. That's so dangerous. I know, and Leslie and I just watched her do it. And she and she was like, I'm so sorry. That's irresponsible. She's gonna like pull it and cut her finger off. Like, but she got it off. She got it off. Like, and the, there was a, there was a, I mean, it looked like someone shot a bullet through the, through the screw cap. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hole we're talking about. She got it up. Bless her heart. She got it. Who taught her how to <laughs> open a bottle of wine? I mean, who, t- who taught her how to open a Pepsi? Like, 
<laughs> she just carries that with her all the time. <laughs> she just can I can I get a bottle of Sprite? And she's at the Seven Eleven with a wine key, just fucking get in there. Yeah. Um. They, you know, you should really sell uh, openers with these Sprite bottles. With this, <laughs> you're trying to be funny now. Um. Yeah. So those are like the cons, I think, for uh, corks. But Bryce, sorry, I no, go ahead it again, but. Um, Josh and I both worked in restaurants where, you know, you serve a bottle of wine to a table and it's the art of opening it. You haven't really had that. So what's your preference, screw cap or cork? I mean, I I would say screw cap is my preference because uh, Mm -hmm. you don't need to have any tools with you. Yeah. If I wanted to take a bottle of wine somewhere, that's all I need. Mm -hmm. Right. And another thing that I learned recently, too, is that with your... uh, cork bottles you should have them all stored sideways horizontally right but your screw caps you can put them at you can store them vertically Mm -hmm. so you can it's much better for the environment because you could probably get away with transporting wine in a more compact way safely come up we need to come up with a like a ritual for the screw cap or they they need to like i don't know do something different just put, screw just so put like the foil on top. Like a bottle or bottle of wine, you like show it to them, and then like something that you do, mm-hmm. and then and then I was you. Watching, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a Simon Sinek video where he talked about don't solve problems that don't exist. So if there's mm. not a problem, don't solve it. That's right. <laughs> don't make it more complicated. <laughs> <I feel> like... <laughs> Trying to figure out a ritual for opening screw cap would be like solving a problem that doesn't exist. You just you just reminded me of one of my favorite jokes of all time from the Simpsons. It's from the Simpsons, where the where Lisa Simpson keeps saying something, and one of her teachers like kind of snaps and he's like, "Ah, little Lisa Simpson, the answer to the question no one asks." <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> that's exactly what I, it is. I totally agree. <laughs> like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to solve this problem that's not causing problems. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> do you th- do you think it's a problem that uh, there is a cheapness associated with uh, screw caps? Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I, it, it'll, it's just going to take time. Yeah. Right. Like you have a whole. Like I think. I think there's a a whole new generation of wine drinkers that are younger than us. Mm-hmm. that are going to be way more open to mm-hmm. natural wine um you know different different bottle types different different types of closures um but maybe that's the problem to solve <clears throat> is associating screw caps with cheap wine mm-hmm. that's think, a problem i mean i think it's How a da- solve that it's a problem? dangerous thing the other way too right because cork is associated with expensive wines you can put it in a cheaper bottle of wine mm-hmm. and sell it for more and money think it's more expensive yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i mean if you're if you're buying your wine based on whether it has a cork or a screw cap that's that's you know you got I, bigger problems i mean it's one of many things you're probably looking at yeah but you're looking at the label does it have a fun looking at the label i mean is it oh it's called whatchamacallit chardonnay ah oh, that's funny i'll remember that because i'm always like whatchamacallit oh my like, god come on. <laughs> Like you got to hate on for. Oh come on! I didn't know that. Like marketing wise, brilliant. Of it's course. brilliant. I just, I think I just hate the people who drink it. Oh okay. <laughs> All of you. Natural no, wine isn't kidding. pretentious. Just Josh's. Yeah. Just just yeah. <laughs> just but it's like it's like the marketing of it is is brilliant, of course. But I mean, you know, you're 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 judging the you're you're buying the wine because of the label. I mean, this Klaus Klaus Pressinger stuff, like. The packaging oh, is pretty it's slick. Super slick. Super it's slick. Beautiful. And then I don't have the, the caps anymore, but they all say they all have a little smiley face on them and they all say bubble yeah. bubbles against troubles. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. So and now mind you, that's best of both also worlds. Intrig- if I'm gonna buy you know, between two natural wines, I might even pick based on the label. <laughs> but at least I'm not buying one because it's called Watch Magallan. Right. That's worse. Right. I'm like the biggest hypocrite. You're I'm such like, yeah. a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the biggest hypocrite. Um, but I guess that really takes us to a different like level here is 
do we even need to keep putting specific wines in glass bottles? Like, what's the point of cork for a wine and a glass bottle for a wine that's not meant to last more than a year? It's not supposed to now age you want more to put than wine a year. in a jug. Put it in yeah. a box. Put it in How a about can. In a bag. In yeah, a box. Yeah, exactly. Now there is something that has a bigger a stereotype of being Cheap. a non-quality wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've tried to bring in bag and box. So like Le Ballon. Yeah. Uh, they have a couple of Chateau de La Selves that they sell in 20 liter bag and box. The problem for us is the government marks it up way too high. So it actually ends up being more than double the price per bottle. Um, yeah. If you were to bring it in a box. And is that, but, is, is that just because of the amount <clears throat> of liquid coming in? No, it's because the, the government just makes up rules willy nilly. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, oh, it's because of the weight. I'm like, do you, no, individual bottles. 20 liters in yeah. bag and box versus 20 liters in bottles. Way the cheaper. It's going to be significantly yeah. less bag and box. You're preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. So we've done, like, I've done, like, the the markup, and, you know, it ends up, it goes from, like, so, like, a bottle of Ballon, I think, lands at, let's say, $12 for fun. Yeah. Um, if you were to bring in 20 liters and divide that up by the number of bottles that is, it ends up being, like, $23. Right. That's fair. Which is insane. And yeah, the wine will last longer, but uh, that's a whole other topic. Do you think, yeah. I think if you're looking I would love to, to have drink wine, wine like, and not age it, you're having like wine on tap in kegs is a great option. Yeah. Uh, mm. Bag in box, great option. But to yeah. Josh's point, there isn't a lot of quality wine and not expensive wine, but quality wine that you could get bag in box. Like right. you're going to be buying Lindemann's Pinot Grigio. Yeah. Or like barefoot. Barefoot. Shout out, so shout out to Doug Reichel, hundred percent, um, who has that Terra de Lobos, yep. Yep. which is a great everyday wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that is significantly more expensive than the other stuff in box. Mm. Right, like but a, it's not like so. Here's the thing: a bottle of Terra de Lobos white is mm-hmm. fourteen ninety nine. I think. Maybe. I think you're right. Yeah, um, you can get bag in box, which is six point six bottles for sixty dollars. There you go. So it's ten dollars a bottle, <laughs> under ten dollars a bottle. Right. So you save five it's bucks. Less recycling. It like it's mm-hmm. yeah. It's the way to go because that wine is not intended to age. It's right. Intended to drink. Now. How do you? How do you like? So there's a happy medium though because like if I go to a restaurant and I want to buy a nice bottle, I don't want you to pour it out of the box and then bring it over to me in a carafe. But I was at this restaurant in in uh, Rome, and they just literally had it was white, red, rosé. Those were the only wine options. And it was in the wall, yeah, and they just tap. poured you poured you a, a carafe, and it's you know it's ten euros. I would love to have that option here. I would love to be able to do like half carafes, full carafes of a like azimut, for instance, which yeah. should essentially be, you know, the same price as that Terra de Lobos for a box, right? Be- just going by the price it lands at. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, the powers that be do not allow it. But so so here's here's a, like a hypothetical question. How do you feel about natural wine in strange? <laughs> Josh has just pounded Jameson. No, I only had, you know what? I had like a little bit left. Just had to drink and it. I was like, oh, I'll just finish it off. But it ended up being like a whole ounce. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's a big bottle. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about like, <clears throat> like natural wines in different um, containers, we'll say? Because there's no perceived <laughs> quality. Maybe that's the way to start. People who enjoy natural wines are probably more open-minded and experimental. Absolutely. So why not try it with different packaging? Like why Generally not? cooler. Why not a can? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there's a, a winery. I think it's Loire. It's Muscadet. So it's Loire. Yeah. Uh, they sell it in a as like a 40-ounce, like, like a cold 45-shaped bottle <laughs> with a screw cap. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hot and it's delicious, right? And it's muscadet, so it's like super cheap. Yeah. <clears throat> you put it cold, but you drink it in the summertime. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant, and that's a lot of fun. And, and like, I'm fine with people doing that and whatever, but when it starts to trickle into, like... But but if it's you know, apothic red or bodacious, no way. Oh, they can they can serve it in a shoe. I don't care. <laughs> they, already, they already age it in coffee barrels. Whatever the fuck they do, or coffee bag. When are we going to do that podcast when, when we, we drink can... apothic red, mm-hmm. we'll do that. Oh we'll do that soon. 
do a vertical tasting of apothecred. I don't know if I could like, uh, like <laughs> I'm about to be a father and just for my health, like I don't want to get diabetes. Oh, you think you think that's going to give you diabetes? I think, I <laughs> you think, think that's I the, think that's the crux. purchasing it is going to raise my, that's fair. my wife's gestational diabetes. That's probability. fair. Just having it in the house. You can't give her gestational diabetes. Yeah. Not me. That's not how that works, guys. Just being in the house? Just being in the house. <laughs> and it's going to make all the other wine taste bad when I open them That's in five years. <laughs> You're already already worried about it. Um, mm. Well, so, I mean, I guess that doesn't really answer anything. Well, uh, I don't think there's, cork, I mean, there's no Cork right versus screw caps, yeah. Right? Like, there's... It, that's... Is does it make sense to have screw caps? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Is it uh, is it better for for keeping the wine fresh? Is it cheaper? Better for the environment? All that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So there's more pros, but for me, like the big pro of having the cork is is that that romance, I guess that that little history. And until it's proven that screw caps can age a wine appropriately, then I uh, yeah. I mean, there's lots of good research saying that it can. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't cool. think like, it's about screw caps um, aging wine appropriately. I think it's just that it takes longer. It's the length of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so we're used to wine aging a certain way because most of it's been in cork. Um, but just learning a new way to age wine with screw caps. Don't don't you think that would be more interesting though? Like, um, because from what all I've learned about wine is that the slower pace that things move at the better it is for the wine generally for the flavors of aging right the longer it takes for something to age at a slower non like a not an aggressive rate the better it's going to be for those flavors right Mm -hmm. so then wouldn't that just be like everybody should be using screw caps even if it takes twice as long because the flavors could develop into something that no one's ever had. Is it not more about how people want to drink wine now? Like, do you think trends are changing in terms of um, people drinking new or young wine versus aged wine? Mm-hmm. Like, how often do you have people coming in looking for aged wine? And you have to build up a cellar at a restaurant that right. has a ton of wine that it's 10, 15, 25 years old versus wine that's just available now. Mm-hmm. Are people actually still aging wine? Because if they're not, the ageability of cork over screw cap is irrelevant. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's like a totally different argument too, because um, I feel the reason the only people the only reason people age wine is because they're trying to. Most of the time, they're trying to um, save it for some sort of event that never happens. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But there are those. There are those few. I would agree. Your but son's never going to graduate. <laughs> well, no, but your son, your son's going to graduate, and you're going to be like, well, I, I don't know about that. I, I've let's just open this bottle instead, right? You always push it back. Mm-hmm. Just drink it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep buying wine <clears throat> and corks, but if it changes, then then I'll just roll with it. Yeah, but I do need to come sure up you with a, <laughs> the, the answer to the question no one asked. I need to come up with a ceremony for the screw cap. A ceremony for the screw cap because that's all you maybe want. Maybe, maybe, you maybe we remove the perfe- label. <laughs> maybe right? you need to perfect opening a screw cap with a wine key. Right, that's exactly. Your or you just have so like, some sort of like strange like claw. You you spin it and see if it spins on top. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. Okay. So like if it falls off to the left. You're like, oh, the wine's bad. So all three of us drank three different bottles of wine tonight. We usually do a segment about how many days of the week you would drink it. So we're all going to have different things. One to seven. seven. That's your rating scale. Uh, I'll start with my Ancestral from Klaus Pressinger. I would probably drink it mm, three out of seven times. I think it's good, but I don't like bubbles. I don't like... I love bubbles. I just wouldn't drink it that often. I think it's too complex. Josh, I would do. I wouldn't do a whole bottle of the cider. Uh, but really? I'd probably give this like I would probably give this like, like a four, four to five. 
if I if I could just have a glass. Like I I love starting them starting like a meal off or like if people come over because it's just so easy to drink and it's just like yeah. it's there, it's gone, it's fresh. Yeah, it's super dry. And it's yeah, got would, it's got that uh, and, romanticism and, and like, about it. Yeah. <laughs> You start to get drunk, <laughs> and you see how far you could do it. Right, exactly. We should do a video of that. Like, we got to get up on someone's roof and see if we can get it in my mouth. Yeah, we're, we should. We have a competition that's going to come up where it's going to be to see who can do the longest pour without spilling. <laughs> it says it has to be 30 centimeters. Yeah. That's the height from the glass. Yeah? Do you get so that? <laughs> oh, man. I, I think, like, I'm probably a good three, maybe four feet right now. Nice. Like, that's where I'm – That's. Where my skill level That's is. your comfort zone? I think maybe two feet. <laughs> How much is this? <laughs> Leah? It's like it's like three bottles worth of height. No, it's not. Absolutely. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll show you next time. Yeah. All right. Bring your measuring tape. <laughs> um, this wine, I would drink one of seven days. One of seven days. Yeah, it's good, but it's a little bit boring. Mm. Nothing exciting. And it's probably almost the same price as the one Bryce is drinking. Uh, yeah. These are expensive. Mm-hmm. Those are in the 40s, the low 40s? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Probably be yeah. high 40s, though, at the store. Yeah, you're right. Probably probably mid-50s. Yeah, mid-50s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been another episode of Vin Compétant with Josh, Bryce, and Leah. Thanks to our sponsors, Water Construction. We will see you guys next week. <laughs> oh, no. I hit the wrong button. It was the funny button, too. Sorry. Ah. Okay, here we go. I'm kind of a big deal. That was the Mural Wine Podcast with Josh, Bryce, and Leah. Want to learn more about natural wine? Find us on the internet at miralwine.ca or on any social media platform. Thanks for listening.